Hey everyone, my name is Michael Kaiser. And I'm John Wilson. And I am Sarah Century. And welcome to another special episode of Make Ours Marvel we call Not Comics. This is our 29th Not Comics special. And just like my mom, we're just going to keep on having more Not Comics specials and they're all going to be 29 from now on. (laughs) Not getting any older. The second anniversary of our 29th episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we are here to talk about uh, our second in an unofficial trilogy of Hulk films. Um, This one is just simply called Hulk. Hulk. It's it's the one before the MCU. It's the Ang Lee film. Mm-hmm. And 2003. People online, after we watched this, I saw conversations whether this was MCU and whether the Edward Norton film was MCU. And I'm like, those are really two easy questions to answer. I don't know yeah. how it's confusing. Yeah, but, um, sure. but yeah, this is, this is very much not... MCU Hulk, but uh, but yeah, did anyone see this in the theaters? Mm-mm. <laughs> I can't remember. I really was trying to remember, and I just can't. Yeah, I think that the way that I first watched this was maybe DVD or something like that. Um, I remember that there was a Hulk game that came out right around oh, this yeah. time that I think was for Xbox, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was still playing video games at that time because it was 17 years ago. I was 20 years old. So um, I was definitely still uh, in my gamer phase, which lasted literally maybe my childhood. And then until I was about 20, I stopped playing mostly, I think around 21. So um, that game was cool. I remember that and I had almost no memory of this film except for Jennifer Connelly's beautiful eyebrows. Um, Oh, she's, yeah. It just, they stick with you. Beautiful everything. Yeah, they really stick with you over time. Um, But yeah, I I really didn't remember that much about it. So mostly I saw it for the first time this time (laughs) because I think I had been watching it in the background at best like last time. I remember being very excited about this movie coming out i remember that because i remember ang lee was going to be the director and i think he was fresh off of crouching tiger hidden dragon which i really thought was an awesome movie and i'm like you know this is pre uh you know everything superheroes nowadays so i'm like wow they really plastered a quality director on this superhero movie you know and it's hulk and he's talking on interviews about how it's going to be all about his you know the mind and stuff was like that sounds cool you know mind stories about the whole great and i remember seeing a couple trailers and thinking that's cool we finally get a you know quote unquote live action hulk that can bench press tanks and jump over tall buildings and stuff but then i have zero memory of going to the theater to see it and i do remember seeing it both like two times maybe prior to this episode and hating it both times <laughs> uh but for this show i had elements that i liked for the first time ever so now I'm kind of now I'm kind of confused and looking forward to talking about this for an hour because really I'm just emotionally messed up right now. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, my first child, my daughter, would have still been a toddler at this point, which means I didn't go out very much because mm-hmm. uh, going out meant leaving the child with my wife all alone, and unless she had friends, that seemed just kind of rude. So um, you know, it's it's like it's like when you have young kids and your young parents you just there are these phases in your life where you can't really go out and do much and that's just kind of part of the whole thing so i didn't see this in the theaters um i know i've seen it at home (laughs) yeah because i can 
I, I had mental images of like him jumping across the desert and stuff. But damn it, if if like ninety percent of this movie was wholly unfamiliar to me when I watched it this time, mm. um, I was like Nick Nolte, <laughs> right? I do remember Jennifer Connelly, and I remember going into the two thousand eight Hulk film, you know, with the vague impression, oh, this could be like this could be a sequel to the other one because mm. it it ended in like South America or Central America or something. Um, and he's in Brazil at the beginning of the, the, the 2008 film. So maybe they could be connected like an unofficial sequel and really, really no, there's just no way. Um, I remember though, as, as the internet loves to do when that incredible Hulk came out in what, 2008 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was lots of complaining cause it's like, we just had a Hulk movie, rabble, rabble, you know? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, but. Did you see that Hulk movie? Why are we upset? This is a good thing. Let's do this again. Let's do a Hulk movie every year until we get it right. I don't care. <laughs> or let's do the last Hulk movie ever. Right. <laughs> That's fine too, I guess. But like, I don't know. It was just weird that everybody was so upset that we were already redoing the Hulk. It's like, yeah, but nobody liked this one. So <laughs> right. you just complain one way, complain another. Yeah. Okay. So the actor playing the... Uh- Hulk. Okay. Before we do that, because yes. I know we like to go through each character and I'm absolutely cool with that. But can I throw just a general observation at you guys? This is what I took away from watching it this time mm-hmm. versus other times. I started realizing this would be a great movie if the Hulk wasn't in it. <laughs> like, like this could be a cool cult horror movie like The Fly or something like that. Because I was enjoying mm-hmm. all the scenes with just the humans, I was finding. Right, right. And I kept thinking, like, you know, if Eric, you know, there's this guy, Eric Banner. I was going to say Eric Banner. Bruce Banner, mm-hmm. Eric Banna, this guy that's, like, kind of repressed. He seems nice enough. Everybody likes him, but everybody also kind of pokes fun at the fact that he's repressed and he couldn't get couldn't get it going with Jennifer Connelly's hot eyebrows and she she never could get deep with him. And, and then it's like, yeah, but then he turns to this horrific monster that goes around killing people. That would be really cool. <laughs> and it even had like creepy music like that and was all low key. But then all of a sudden the Hulk comes out and he looks really horrible and it's got yeah. all these weird comic book panel things going on. And it just seemed like this jarring dichotomy of like two different movies. Yeah, I think I agree with that because I loved the comic thing. Like I loved that as a visual additive. Like I thought that it could have worked really well and it doesn't work. And it kind of makes me mad that it doesn't (laughs) because it was such a good idea. And then after that, nobody wants to do it ever again (laughs) because of like how this uh, film was received. But then it's like, to me, that's like one of the best parts of the movie is that they make that attempt because I liked being able to watch two things happening at once and like the way that they were kind of experimental with the way that they did it. Like, I think that that was, you know, ingenuitive on Angley's part, you know, um, mm-hmm. I thought that that was great, but also that like, yeah, it doesn't like, it's not cohesive with the rest of the vibe of <laughs> the story right. and the acting too, because I feel like they don't, it's like, there's a lot of things where I'm like, okay, Banna and Connolly have like negative 20 on fucking uh, on any kind of like, uh, like charisma between themselves. <laughs> like there's no chemistry kind of between those two. And Banna's like, it's like, that's like the point in a way, like that yeah. there's no chemistry, but also exactly. it's like, but there is none for sure. <laughs> so. I feel like that's mostly on Banna's side though. Oh yeah. He's like Cause... real cardboard in this. Like, it's but that was rough. like, 
That's what he's supposed to be, though. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's well, like I it's kind he, of. I thought yeah. he played it really good, like fine line as a like when you first meet him, he makes that joke about his important brain and the helmet, and you go, okay, yeah. this guy's likable. But, but then, also, like, that was like he, to me part of the thing that made it so funny was like that exact line because the guy right before it says, "Even in a room of nerds, you look like a nerd," and I feel like they literally had to like try really hard to convince the audience that like dreamy Eric Bana is uh-huh. like nerdier than like yeah. this like TJ Miller looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I just think that he played it. I never really appreciated it before because I was too busy hating this movie. But I think yeah. he really played a good line of like, you know, likable and obviously handsome leading man, but also not really uh getting any depth going until at least after his, you know, horrific accident and then i liked some of those lines where he's like talking about how he likes the feeling and he felt the boom 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 in his you know like chest and stuff like that mm-hmm. like i liked all that stuff that was really uh cool so so, in, so the hulk at its core concept leans into the whole jekyll and hyde concept right mm-hmm. yeah. and this movie could have just taken that flavor and run with it and not make it a hulk movie yeah um, I, I i can definitely agree with that because that's kind of what i was feeling as i was watching it. i was like this is a pretty great not Hulk movie. Like, and all of the stuff with the origin and the stuff with the dad, mm-hmm. none of that mattered. Or I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. None of that was. Conscious. I don't understand it. All of that was new to the film. So if you're going to make everything new to the film, it didn't need to be a Hulk film. Now, as far as right. the Hulk looking like garbage, I do agree. However, um, I liked that he looked like a comic book come to life. And I think after the bright colors of the Spider-Man film and such, I think they were just trying to lean too heavy into this is 3D because he looks like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't I mean, look and like he's real. And it could be fine, except it just doesn't gel with the rest of it. Like the rest of the tone of the movie is like kind of low key, low budget, dark. Yeah. You know, yeah. people talking, lots of talking heads and lots of like, you know, where's this horror movie going to go? And then all of a sudden it's bright and it's got 15 panels on the on the TV and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's kicking things around. And by the way, I read later that this whole technology is based on freaking Dobie from Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, the Chamber of Secrets, the second one. I don't know if you Dobby, guys like Harry Dobby. Potter. Dobby, yeah. But uh, like now it's like, oh, that is just a green Dobby, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I th- I thought some of the like, you know, if he had a, if he had a more realistic skin palette or whatever, I thought a lot of the action, a lot of the stuff they did with the Hulk, the whole um leaping and sailing through the air and landing. Yes. There were some really beautiful shots with that. Right. And it just wasn't quite believable because it's a green balloon. Um yeah, he's never I mean even the MCU Hulk doesn't jump as cool as this Hulk does. Like that's the right. one thing they really get right is the Hulk can leap. Yeah, this is how he leaps, you know, mm-hmm. and and those scenes were actually kind of nice. And I think a lot of it is because they stopped fighting and slowed down. And there's like these kind of surreal moments where he's just walking around the desert watching weeds grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked all that, even though it still looked hokey. But at least it was better than the scenes where he's in the base escaping and all that. That stuff looked weird to me. Yeah. I don't know, where they're trying to drill in his nose. <laughs> or right. whatever anyway so i guess that talked about the hulk we don't we don't like him is that i mean i don't know he just oh yeah good. and his magic pants that just expand and contract and appear and re- disappear and it's what spandex does man i guess 
Yeah, I thought that the whole, I don't know, like, I always kind of think that the Hulk looks bad, though. I think we talked about this before, where it's like, I kind of think that technology is catching up with it a little bit, but I always kind of have issues <laughs> with how the Hulk looks. Because mm-hmm. I just, it's like, he's one of those characters that it's just hard to translate. Like, it's hard to uh, get this, the sense of scope, I guess, with the Hulk that you would need, and that comics can do really easily, right? Because you can have, right. like... It's easier, I think, for a lot of comic artists to show, you know, like the Hulk walks in and like somebody, you know, like stands as tall as like his navel, basically. (laughs) And like, you know, there's like all of those like kind of interesting ways to communicate that in a comic. Whereas, yeah, I think that like in film, he's kind of the one that they struggle with the most for like all of the superheroes as far as making him look like good and believable. It's nice that they have, you know, Ruffalo and like they've been able to do a lot more as far as like mm-hmm. making him literally look like Mark Ruffalo if Mark Ruffalo was the Hulk. Uh-huh. Totally. <laughs> but like, but I still kind of think that it looks like not quite there yet, you know? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of all CGI characters, like you're bound to lose some suspension of belief or whatever like i don't i don't know if we're just getting more used to it or the technology is getting better but even like you know as much as i like colossus and deadpool he does look cgi a little bit or something you know and sometimes i wonder would it have been better just to give some guy makeup or augment some real person with some cgi touch-ups or something like that as opposed to just completely like at least with ruffalo i feel like i know because i've seen behind the scenes like he's there Right. And he's right. Doing they're they're stuff just taking the geometry of his face and everything and, yeah. and putting and a transformation on bigger, it. And they make his voice lower. So it kind of, there's some nuances to his expression, but yeah, he still is not quite the same as a real flesh and blood person. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is way worse. <laughs> way this worse. This is way worse than that. Yeah. This is as good as that video game you were talking about, which I also played, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> all I can remember, I remember about it is, I can remember about it is there were scenes where you had to be Bruce Banner and do puzzles. Yes. Or something. Yeah, that's yeah. all I remember. I remember that. It was at the same time there was like a Wolverine game that was similar oh. to it that I thought was like really fun. So oh. <laughs> those were like two of the last like video games I got into. So they still Hulk stick out. Wolverine. Hulk and Wolverine. They should have just joined him together. Yep. <laughs> it could have been a hell of a game. So, all right. okay, well, so, so Eric Banna is Thumbs not... down on Hulk, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What and about, with um, love, like I would say, like thumbs down with love, you know, like it's not, yeah. it's not like fuck this or something, like or like I'm not mad about it, you know, <laughs> like no, I don't. I, go around I enjoyed being watching mad. it. It was just, you know, not really Hulk. Um, I feel like they could I, they could do a director's cut of this and redo the the graphics or something. Oh yeah, what, like what remaster it. Yeah, it might look a little better. Yeah, I think that like they might be able to transition the comic panel thing a little bit better now too. So, because then it was like this was the first time we ever saw something like that. Like I don't remember so, ever seeing something like, like that in a movie. Like, okay, so I let's let's talk about that a sec because I am sometimes I liked it, sometimes I really hated it. But like the one scene I remember I really liked was when Talbot and Banner first confront each other directly in the office. Mm-hmm. And Talbot says something mean and cruel and one-dimensional. And That's what I like, too. Second. And he turns to leave, and you see his face snarling at Banner, but then it goes around his shoulder, and he gives a, he gives a, uh, Betty Ross like a, hey, what's up, baby? Uh-huh. And you see her face looking through the window, like going, oh, gosh, what are these two guys fighting about? And you see Banner's face glaring at Talbot, and it's like, that was a good shot. That yeah. was awesome. You see all three faces, all three reactions. 
But then later, like when the Hulk is escaping the facility and there's so much crazy comic booky jumping around stuff, it's like this is just taking me out of this movie well, completely. It's, it's so necessary. I like it. That was it. Like, is it's like once it goes to action, it's like just leave it on the action. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to like yeah. cut and show that from twenty different angles. That's not really yeah. the point of comics. Like, but something that comics do that's really interesting is whenever you see everybody's face at the same time and like all of that kind of stuff. So I mm. thought that I, I would agree with that. That like, there's all kinds of parts in this movie where I'm like, it didn't work, mm-hmm. um, but I like the idea. I wish that somebody would do something that worked a little bit better with it. Yeah, it's like he's never read a comic and he was thumbing through it and went, "I could put panels in my movie. That'd be right." Cool. Exactly. But he, didn't, he didn't take the time to understand why they and, work. And the gimmick rides too hard, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like there's so many scenes where it's not, it doesn't serve the story. It like doesn't add anything to it. So. Yeah. And it's yeah. just kind of distracting. So you're just thinking about these panels and going, "This isn't working." That's yeah. Weird. Yeah. So let's talk about Jennifer Connelly because okay. whenever Absolutely. I think of this movie, I think, oh, that's the one with Jennifer Connelly in it. In fact, <laughs> uh, podcasting friend Andrew Leyland, he was talking about watching, and he didn't specify the Hulk film, and the link he used was for the 2008 Hulk film. But it's like Jennifer Connelly's like, oh, it's that one. So um, I've been a fan of hers since The Rocketeer, I think mm-hmm. is the earliest film I saw her in. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know Labyrinth when Labyrinth mm. was new. I was a little like, kid and I totally watched Labyrinth all kinds yeah, and like too. every, every, now like, we know why you're gay. Yep. Every young, <laughs> I, I why would, I'm straight. I would, I would definitely say that a big percentage of gay kids watched Labyrinth and were just like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen yeah. in my life. <laughs> For also me, throwing a baby uh, up in the air, saying about spanking him and making him pee. Oh, yep. I think it was career opportunities for me. Yep. <laughs> and by the way, I worked at Target when that movie came out. So I was like, this is the greatest fantasy in the entire world. But anyway. <laughs> um, so she's in this and, you know, she is delightful, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure if. Okay, so Sarah, I, I've, I've never been a woman, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Um, whenever she goes up to, to Bruce and just like does a little line about how don't mind me. I just, you know, always throw myself at emotionally. No, I hate it. (laughs) Do people talk like that? No, never. (laughs) I hated it so much. I was just like, great. Like it made me angry to like see that part because I was just like, I can only imagine Jennifer Connelly reading the script and being like, so this is a paycheck for which I'm going to get millions of dollars or like a bunch of money anyway. Um, Cause like they just don't, it's like, I love Betty Ross. They don't give her a ton to do here. Um, as especially somebody who is as talented as Jennifer Connelly. Um, it's like somebody who's like played all kinds of different roles and then, you know, there's movies where she just kind of dials it in. And that's the same with like a bunch of actors <laughs> where it's like they have the movies that they do that are their passion projects. And then mm-hmm. they have ones that are just goofy and like you know, <laughs> you're going to make a bunch of money off of. Um, uh-huh. For instance, like, I mean, never mind, because I was like, I, we can incriminate many actors <laughs> in this. Oh, George um, Clooney has flat out said that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's constant, right? Like, and there's a lot of people who just like, they love theater so much. And then they do these big goofy movies. um, Because it's what funds their theater habit or like, you know, any number of things. But um, yeah, I felt like I watching this was like watching like Jennifer Connelly dial it in pretty hard. (laughs) And then um, also, though, like, they don't give her a ton to do. And then like, the lines like that are like, so excruciating, because it's just like, 
I just hate that you're that that is what you would use to define this character who is a scientist and has like and like that does come up that she is a scientist and stuff. So it's not like it's not so egregious that it's like, well, this movie is garbage or something like I don't feel that way. And I think that like she does have some stuff to do in this film and she's a good character. Like I've always loved Betty Ross, but there is like still those like goofy, goofy like sidelines where you're just like, no, <laughs> no, you would never walk up to the emotionally unavailable dude that you're like into or whatever and say that line ever. Like that wouldn't work. And <laughs> it's also just like, it's kind of trying to put her in it's I don't know. It's like, there's just something weird about it where it's like, she's like being too self deprecating to like that right. guy. It's like, like she's read guy's... the script. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, she's all like right. e- even if she's had some self-examination and come to this conclusion about herself, saying the words out loud, a it's saying the words out loud with to, yeah, to the subject of the conversation B is just, yeah. But then there's a scene too, like later where he's just like, Oh, now we're on this subject again. And I was just like, I do not buy you two as a couple. <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't like him and this couple. I don't think that her dialogue towards him makes any sense at all. Um, but then it's also one of those times of just being like, yep, this was definitely not written by a woman. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it's like totally written by somebody who's like, they almost have to like justify her interest or something. And like, they have to make it be like, just this weird, like, oh, I'm always like this, going after emotionally unavailable men. You know how us women are <laughs> or something. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I hated that part so much. Okay. Um, but it was just like, it was like such a short part of the mo- movie. But it was definitely something that like graded on me pretty hard whenever I saw it. Because it happens in movies all of the time. <laughs> You're like always seeing this stuff. And it's well, just like, that's like her biggest moment of characterization pretty much, right? And I don't know, I don't know where Betty Ross goes to the history of Hulk comics because that's one area of Marvel that just is a really big dark spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems that making her into a character like what was her name, Elena from the pilot? Yeah. Turning Betty Ross into that character has become the thing. That's what it does here. That's what it does in the next movie. Um, <laughs> and so it's just like, but but it's almost like this is a pastiche of Elena. It's not actually a character. Yeah. And she's not as compelling. Right. Which is like kind of disappointing because like, yeah, I thought that too, while I was watching it was like, she was actually way more interesting. Um, And like this take is not as interesting. It's also just frustrating whenever like a woman in a movie is like an equal scientist to like the guy that she's working with. (laughs) And then like, it's all like, it's still like, um, not really treated that way it's like it's like said out loud but it's not treated that way in the movie but i think that like yeah i don't know it was fine like i think that there's been a lot of issues like of give and take with her in the comics as well right now um she's like in what is it like immortal hulk appearing as like the harpy and she's like super interesting and amazing but uh you know, I don't know. They weren't there. <laughs> like, they didn't really develop anybody in this movie wow. too much. So we, we know how she started out because we've read those issues. So the bar is low. <laughs> yeah, the uh, bar is low in the beginning. But unlike, unlike uh, what's her name? Elena, whoever was in the pilot. Yeah. They don't actually use her as a scientist in this movie. She's yeah. there as a scientist. She's looking through microscopes. Theoretically, she knows just as much as 
Bruce about what they're doing because they're all doing it together. But she has, but no at no rule. point does she yeah. is she tasked with like trying to determine what happened to him or fix him or help him. And nobody and, listens to her, and like it's just. Well, like I'll argue with you on that. I actually think she and her father have a pretty good. I'm not gonna say good, like they have a good relationship, but I enjoyed their relationship. Their dynamic was cool. Yeah, I thought that was yes. interesting. Because again, now we have a low bar for Thunderbolt Ross too, and he's way <laughs> less of a caricature in this movie. I thought he is, I and I don't know if that's a Sam Elliott thing, but like he, yes, they're estranged in the beginning, but then they start, they kind of like get over that, and when they start talking to each other again, and he actually does listen to her suggestions multiple times when all he wants to do is lock the dude in the hole and never yeah. open it again. Like, and they, they did the interesting, and I think they, I think they landed it, and often they don't, but they. Brought them together while maintaining the, like, it wasn't the all happy ending. They're not happy together, but they are at least back together. Yeah, you you could tell they respected each other. A lot of times the offense is just wiped away and everything's all okay again. And and they didn't do that. But they they didn't, you know, fix it. But she, like, uh, we could get to Russ. I I thought. I like a lot of things about Ross in this movie, but she like, I would say that's the biggest deficit is they didn't use her as a scientist at all. But I do like that. uh, She did have some ideas on how to deal with him. She did help him with his weird psychological story that I still don't understand. So we'll have to piece that one together in a second. (laughs) And then it was, it was at least her idea to be the fricking, whatever you want to call it. The, the, I don't want to say target because Hulk's not going to try and kill her, but the the person that calms him down, right? The person, the person that he goes to, like she, it was her idea to get go get dropped off in the helicopter, and no one else was like, "Hey, let's grab this woman and, and put her in the street, and the Hulk will calm down." You know, right? So and that's that really was one of the most agency and stuff. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say that's really one of the more compelling moments of the movie too. But it's also uh, like, what is that? Like a classic Beauty and the Beast yeah, kind sure. of trope that like mm-hmm. is not sure. great, but also can be good. I think that like that was it. Like I feel like there's things about Jennifer Connelly's character here where I was like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> and then I, you know, sometimes there's like good too though. Like I would agree that her relationship with her dad is really interesting and it's not usually portrayed as interesting because usually mm-hmm. he does just shut her down. Yep. Um and that was very different here. And mm-hmm. so like that's a progressive moment. Um, and then also, yeah, just the fact that like, even though there's all of these like, you know, kind of negative tropes around that, like the woman here is here to calm down the beastly man and like all of that. I think that like, that was still a beautiful scene because you can see them both being very raw. Um, mm-hmm. that was like where they acted to me. That's where their uh, acting really clicked and how like you could see like why, that like at least they care about each other a lot, you know, even if it's like still kind of a um like a chemistry kind of deficit. But like um yeah, so I would agree with that. I agree with all of that. And you could argue that like she didn't just read Beauty and the Beast and decide that the stereotype would work, but that they did <laughs> she did like hang out with him and not die with the whole gamma dog thing. So she right. kinda already knew she could probably be his handler if he let her. Right, yeah. And that, like, I mean, he really, I mean, you know, we're talking about like a Hulk. This is like, it's a little bit different in this scenario. And, you know, once again, like, wasn't something necessarily that was like, it's like, it's offensive because it's a trope and because it's like across the board, you know, like, there's just so much of that story. Like, if you go back, uh, 
to the beginning of stories, there's basically like 10 different stories. And one of them across all cultures, there's always a beauty in the beast, which means that there's always a story about a young woman being sold to pay for her father's debts to (laughs) handle like this fucking like, sorry, this like beastly guy who like super offensive to us. Why are we always the beast? Jeez. You know what? You know what? If my wife turned to the Hulk, she'd probably look at me and go, man, I wanted to slap that guy in the back of the head every day since we've been married. And now that I'm hulked out, I'm going to really hit him. That's what Red She-Hulk is about. And that's why that is a great series. I couldn't calm her down. That wouldn't work. Just standing there looking beautiful. She wouldn't stop. She'd still destroy the city. Yeah, well, that's the point, right? Like, it is offensive to, like, men, too, kind of. So, and, like, I mean, it's just not what realism is. But I would say, like, you know, that's why it's, like, it's bad is is that it's, like, this kind of, like, long-lasting stereotype that can go in some really negative directions. Um, Here, it doesn't really do that. Like, she's very, like... Yeah, like I said, there, there's just a lot of vulnerability between the two of them in that scene that I think makes it work really well. At this, I agree. If only they had played up her science a little more, I think it would have been stronger. Yeah, it would be way, oh. way better. Well, if she had been talking about science instead of being like, oh, I'm just here throwing myself at more emotionally <laughs> unavailable men. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that Bruce would be a lot better. That when he's going to science, he's going to science alone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> he really does. All right. So how about uh, old Thunderbolt Ross, who I think is pretty good in this? I so, <laughs> Okay. They, they obfuscate go? about his being her dad. I didn't even realize at first because I was like, okay, this is Thunderbolt Ross. It's her dad. Then I realized that they weren't saying it. Oh, mm. yeah. And then they finally do it. It's like, oh, that was a reveal. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I forgot the about the new people. shocking reveal. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it was supposed to be shocking. I guess I didn't pick up on that this time. <laughs> um, I just watched Ghost Rider from 2007, ah, in which Sam Elliott also yes. appears. <laughs> he's, in, he's, in, he's good in everything. He is good in everything. Um, but I didn't realize that he's had two, uh, I guess, like MCU adjacent appearances, mm-hmm. um, which made me laugh a lot because he plays like fairly i mean they're both very different roles but it's totally always like sam elliott in that role right so he's like speaking in a calm soothing voice but telling you how things are by the way if my wife turns into the hulk and starts rampaging san francisco get sam elliott to stand there and she would totally calm down she's like i can't destroy this guy (laughs) i can't destroy this man i can't destroy him he's been in so many classic movies that i love (laughs) like the ghost rider such as Ghost Rider 2007. Roadhouse. It's all about Roadhouse. And so just just quick confession, I've I've never seen any of the Ghost Rider films. <gasps> I actually kind of enjoy them. We should cover those at some point. That, we that, just I, talked I, to, Oh, sorry. Uh Essie and I just did it. a oh. Essie and I just did a um Bitches on Comics Patreon special about the Ghost Rider 2007 uh, we'll, movie. We'll give which, it like, to you. <laughs> it basically turns into like at the very end, I'm just like, I'm just gonna look up the age difference between all of the actors. <laughs> because like (laughs) because all of the age differences between like here's the like male lead who's like 50 and then like here's his girlfriend she's 25 or whatever Uh Mm. and then like in the movie they're like and they were the same age and you're just like what oh Um, yeah so Mm. i did that there's only a 10 different uh, 10 year difference between um cage and ava mendez but um Yeah, it just like that was what the the podcast descended into. So, so if oh, you ever want to talk about Ghost Rider, we could probably have a very different conversation. <laughs> well, we could make them pay for yours first for a couple of years, and then we'll do it. <laughs> 
get around to it eventually. Yeah. Um, but okay. I like that Ross. I mean, it's really not that difficult to make him a little more nuanced than the comic book, at least the <laughs> stuff I've read. But yeah, any yeah, nuance would be more. He wasn't just like, oh, I hate the Hulk. Oh, I hate the Hulk. He had one uh, okay reason to be not into Bruce Banner because his dad did some weird thing that I still don't understand and we have to talk about. And, uh, you know, like father, like son. And also, like, he wasn't just hellbent on just destroying the Hulk or using his power for his own purposes or whatever. Like, yeah, he got angry once in a while, but, you know, he's a four-star general. They're always going to have grumpy problems. But, like, he did listen to his daughter multiple times on how to handle it, and he did get upset when, like, Talbot ended up being the stereotype in this movie who was just, you know, wanting to use the Hulk for his purposes. So it just seemed like Thunderbolt Ross was a little more of a normal human than you normally see him. Yeah, than he normally is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was really compelling here. I mean, yeah, far be it for me to um praise Thunderbolt Ross <laughs> like pretty much right. ever, but but yeah, no, I mean, this would be the the definitive take on him, I would say, cuz in the next movie it does not get better. If you want a heroic Thunderbolt Ross, this is your this is your guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is your guy. Yeah, he, or if he... you just want to hear him say soothing things like <laughs> or things you don't want to hear as a character but they they sound really nice when he says them they should have just had thunderbolt ross like talk the hulk down (laughs) put him on a megaphone and And tell him bedtime stories the sun's getting real low (laughs) oh my god okay Uh, now as much as they've nuanced ross i feel like with Talbot, they didn't try at all. Nothing. I mean, He's he totally just that guy. A horrible, bad stereotype guy. And I don't even know what to say about him other than we're not supposed to like him and we don't. We right? don't. They did a good job with that. I guess. <laughs> I kind of would have maybe. I kind of feel like he doesn't quite fit because he fits more in line with the Hulk aspects of this movie versus the other actors who are all trying to act. And I'm not <laughs> right. saying I'm not saying Josh Lucas is a bad actor because I've seen him do lots of great things. And in fact, I was just thinking all of these guys in here are not really Hollywood Hollywood actors. So like all of them are doing this for the paycheck, maybe. Yes. But at the same time, I think they did good jobs with the talking head scenes. And if you think about it, none of them knew what the Hulk stuff was even going to look like. So they're right. not even they're just playing this for as serious as they can, except for Josh Lucas, who must have got like a preview of how cheese ball the Hulk was going to be. Cause he's like, <laughs> okay, let's just play this cheese ball then. Right. That's uh, it though. Like, right. That's like kind of the failing of this film is, is that it does feel like everybody had a different idea of like uh-huh. what was going to happen in the end. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That's kind of how I feel to you was it's like, there's things where it really does succeed. Um, I don't want to say like, cause I, I feel like as we talked about, it does get trashed. Right. Oh, um, yeah. but also I'm like, I don't know. I wouldn't trash it necessarily, but there's just like a lot of things that don't work. Um, but there's a lot of good ideas. Would you all rather watch this or the X-Men with that, uh, with, uh, what's his face in it? Uh, apocalypse. Yeah. Apocalypse. <laughs> what's, which, oh my which God. movie is worse? <laughs> wow, that's a good one for me though. I don't know. Um, I guess I guess I would watch this one. Um <laughs> but the other one, it's like as bad as like Storm is in it, like it does still have Storm yeah. in it, and so that it's would maybe that, that maybe that would compel scene. me. This movie it does. does go it does it does go too long because like it, oh has my two, God. it has two endings. Two hours so, and so, twenty minutes. Okay. So I don't know if there's any other characters worth bothering to talk about, but no, oh, Nick Nolte for frick's sake. Okay, <laughs> but that's part of the ending. So like 
Nick Nolte, of course, he's Nick Nolte, and he can chew up a scene better than anybody, right? And yep. he does that really well. And for the first part of this movie, I'm even kind of on board with him and his weirdness. But then when he turns into Absorbing Man slash Zax or whatever. Like, what like, was that? Like, what's going on with him? I don't understand. And then the final scene, which seems so tacked on, they just let him upset his son so badly and their son is and the son's just like tied to a chair and they all know he can hulk out whenever he gets mad so let's just let him talk to his dad and his dad's gonna make him cry and scream and it's like what the hell are you guys doing don't let him talk to him but like as he's going on one it seemed like this weird strange like um play that i was supposed to be watching (laughs) because it's just like on this flat set and it's just the two of them and nick is really like chewing it up but then i started listening to the words and realizing i don't even know what he's talking about and i don't know what this guy's problem is or what he wants or doesn't want anymore i'm totally lost is he (laughs) anti-authority is he just wanting to take over the world with super muscles or are there four lights i mean it's just really confusing uh, right like what is this guy after other than being a weirdo and i lost it that was the end the ending in particular with his big soliloquy that made you know, Eric Banner have to act harder than he's ever acted in his life. Like, <laughs> like, what was he talking about? I don't even know. Yeah. So I kind of lost it at that point. But that ending just seems so tacked on anyway. David Banner was like just such a weird person <laughs> for there to yeah. be in this movie. Because yeah. um, it's like in the comics, even like Hulk's dad is just terrible person. Yeah, he's terrible. You know, so it's but like you don't. Know. Weird scientist, but he was terrible, yeah. Yeah, here they kind of tried to, like, link him with, like, five other loose concepts that don't super work. Like, I feel like the Abomination has worked a few times, but, like, usually when they try to get into his backstory, it's like, yeah, it's the lizard. We get it. Like, it's just, you know, it's, like, literally, like, five billion other, like, super villains. can't Can't Nick Nolte have just been, like, a really bad husband who abused his wife and ended up killing her and making banner forget all about it. Like that yeah. would have been a much easier, straightforward story to me than what really happened, which is I can't understand it. And I don't understand. Do you guys understand what happened? Why is there this big gamma bomb flash? What does that mean? Why, why is Sam Elliott so upset about it? Like, did he just kill an entire town? Is that what they're implicating? So or- he, he was really strongly implied that he was a previous Hulk, right? Right. Like, so what, what, what came out of that door? What was behind the door? What was the big scary monster behind the door? You know, fear her. Mm-hmm. And I just, then it's not that. It's his it mom kind of, dead. It's his mom dead. But also the stuff that makes Bruce the Hulk is what he got from his dad. Mm-hmm. So it's like all of the implications were there. But then they didn't follow through with it. But also, we don't really know what they did follow through with. And you're right. What was the bomb? I don't get that part. Did he set off the bomb to get them off his back and then that killed the whole town? Or was it That's just a flash I of light? That's what was happening. But it was also like, yeah, it, they, left it, it. they left it so vague. And how did, how did uh, the Rosses survive and the Banners survive? And, and did no. Betty ever realize that she was in that same memory? She kind of does and doesn't. Yeah, right. It's weird. Also, that was weird. Yeah, I forgot about that, too, where I was just like, wait, what? Like, she's having yeah. they're, baby They're dreams walking through of... the ghost town together. What? Yeah, no, that like, doesn't make if, any sense. If her dad's there, conceivably, she could be there, but she does not know that she's dating oh. slash was married to a banner. Didn't they uh, show her as a child or did I make yeah. that up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they did. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I don't know. It was so, it was like he had his, okay, so David Banner was experimenting on himself and he could only go so far with that. But then he found out his wife was pregnant and he's thinking to himself, oh, in utero, I can really like get this stuff going. So between <laughs> his own DNA that was already tainted and then like shooting his son up full of stuff when mom wasn't looking, that's pretty horrible, I guess. Yeah. And that's where the whole Hulk thing comes from. But then... Yeah, like they're all, hey, you can't experiment on humans, which, by the way, that's very human for Ross to say. I think in the comics, he'd be like, high five. How's it going? But yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, he's like, I catch that dang Hulk. Yeah, I hate <laughs> you for doing I hate you for doing that. You're sick. You're disgusting. And then he like, OK, well, I'm going to set off this bomb then because you guys just went through my papers without asking. OK. <laughs> and then he goes home and they get in a fight and he stabs the mom and Bruce sees it. And then there's a big explosion and nobody dies and Banner goes to his aunts, I guess, and they arrest. Well, that's the other thing I like about Ross is he felt bad that he, like, just didn't care about Bruce much when he was arresting his father for 30 years. Right, yeah. He's like, like he, oh, I guess, yeah, like, I should have I should have done more. something better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that whole area is just muddled for me, and I don't quite – it was very artsy. I don't know if they didn't have the budget to show a bunch of million people screaming or something or what, but it's just – I don't know what the consequences were exactly. But it sure pissed Ross off, whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. Also, like, yeah, I was confused because I thought for a second there that he was, like, lying about the mom getting killed – like, being the person who killed the mom. Like, mm-hmm. I just, like – that whole – yeah, this movie yeah. descends into chaos. <laughs> like, it just feels overly complicated. Like, I think it would have been better if he, he had, he did have. I'm cool with the traumatic memory thing. Just make it like a regular everyday spousal abuse situation or something. That and, does happen. And then life. he, that's why he's like repressed, and that's why he can't remember stuff. And then the gamma bomb like unearths that. So not only is he remembering, but he's remembering with gamma irradiated muscles. That would have been cool and easier. Yeah. But uh, no, there's no, there's nothing there's nothing broadcast about his dad being such a sick twisted person. I right. mean, you find out by the end that like I saw this baby boy and I wanted to experiment on him. That's literally what happened whenever Bruce was born at the beginning of the film, and it's not through anybody's eyes, so it's not idolized, it's not idealized. It's just they're showing us this relationship, and he seems like a really normal, a bit work obsessed kind of person, mm-hmm. and he turns out to be a really garbage human being, which yes, of course that happens. I know that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, have that in my family, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. It feels like they could have broadcast a little bit more of uh, the fact that he was, I don't know, something besides just trying to make science happen. And also they kept waffling between is Bruce repressed and traumatized because of what he saw or is he oppressed because what he was being injected with? Because there were scenes where he seemed perfectly happy, but then he'd like get hit and was bleeding and didn't react. And the lady would be like, wow, your son's cry or anything. It's like, well, where's that coming from? Is that from the chemicals that he's being injected with? Or was dad like beating mom the entire experience and he's just a weird kid? I don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't go into it enough. Like as much as Ang Lee wanted to get, get break down the mentalness of the Hulk, he doesn't really do it. Right. Yeah, and it's like it's always really dicey, I think, to go into a plot that entails that much child abuse and to yeah. not be clear about what you're saying. Right. Because <laughs> it's yeah. just like you can't uh you can't like waffle around on this stuff the way that this movie does. But and then of course, I mean, you know, the comics are somewhat guilty of that as well. But 
Wow. Or like to have this idea of like, that's what creates the monster side of him, all of the anger. And it's just like, okay, cool. But there's lots of people who get abused and they don't become the Hulk or something. <laughs> like <laughs> they, don't be, you know, they don't develop multiple personality disorder. Yeah. Like that's not typical just so you know <laughs> like so i feel like people send really weird messages around that stuff in general but this movie definitely like yeah it, it was not as clear as one would hope for like a story that is that serious and it should be because if that's what he wanted to do because the next yeah. movie doesn't care at all about at condition <laughs> when he becomes the hulk and that works too he just becomes yeah. the hulk yeah. he got gamma radiated now when he gets mad he turns the hulk that's just how the rules are but like Ang Lee clearly wanted to explore this guy who's repressed and why is he repressed? But then he doesn't really answer the question Mm -hmm. in a way that made anybody happy or not confused. So kind (laughs) of odd. And that wasn't even special effects stuff. That's just storytelling. So yeah, that was just a Mm -hmm. disjointed script situation. Mm -hmm. All right. So I don't know. Are we out? (laughs) I like that Um, it was in San Francisco, Bay area, born and raised. Woohoo. That was fun. (laughs) There was, there was, there was a not Rick Jones character. Like, why didn't they just name him Rick Jones? I saw him and I was like, oh. why isn't your name Rick Jones? The the, the guy who says, you, even for a nerd, you look like a nerd. Oh, he yeah. did save him. He yes, huh? Saves him from the from the blast that, like, you know, yeah. makes him turn into a hole. Harper. But they didn't make him be dreamy guy like they do with Rick Jones, right? So he's not, like, young and hip and out here playing guitar in the field or, like, anything like that, <laughs> um, which is what they do with Rick Jones. So, And then, of course, like... If you were going to introduce Rick Jones to like a movie, then he can't just be like, I don't know, I guess they could because they can do whatever they want. But like, you would think that he would have to be a little bit more involved or something. It would be like having like a young dude at like the Daily Planet that like has red hair and not, (laughs) you know, not Uh, making him be like a main character. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It was it was a weird choice, but I was also fine with there not being <laughs> i mean we didn't get any par- characterization from him really so yeah and he he wouldn't be like i mean the whole thing with rick jones right is is that he's totally like the groovy teen like of that time <laughs> period or whatever yeah. so this, this guy plays uh creeps in like justified and uh breaking bad He's right. always like a weirdo with the tattoos up his neck and stuff like that. So, right, right. Yeah, they didn't pick a Rick Jones, I guess. No. <laughs> I'm not sure who could play a Rick Jones. And why does the MCU not have Rick Jones yet? That's an excellent point, John. <laughs> right? That's ridiculous. How it has Cap been ridiculous. functioning without Rick Jones helping him? How has the Hulk been functioning without Rick Jones helping him? That's weird. Professional sidekick Rick Jones. Weird. How are we going to have a Captain Marvel? How has Captain Marvel existed without swapping bodies with Rick Jones? This makes <laughs> zero sense to me. The last like Rick Jones story I read was written by Peter David, and I wish I didn't read it. So I'm just <laughs> like, dang, for some reason that's like, I know I've read Rick Jones in everything for years and years and years. And now I'm like, for some reason, that's like the only thing that comes up. In I'll my tell head. you, my favorite Rick Jones thing ever was also Peter David, though, just to, like, balance that <laughs> that horrible whatever you read. Yeah. But at some point, he – I don't even remember what the plot was. It involved scrolls, and he ended up getting captured, and they thought he was a scroll, and then he wasn't, so they escaped, and he jumped out, and the thing exploded, and the Hulk couldn't save him, and he's like, Rick, Rick. He's, like, screaming, and then he's like, what? I'm right here, and he's, like, in a parachute floating <laughs> down, and he's like, how, how did you escape? He's like – or – how how did you survive? It's like I have my parachute. He's like, why do you have a parachute in case I have to jump out of an exploding <laughs> thing? And he and Banner's like, that makes no sense. He's like, why? I needed one, didn't I? 
<laughs> and, and, I just got to th- and it just makes me laugh and A and B it's like yeah because he's Rick Jones and that's probably going to happen to him at yeah, some point he's going to have like a parachute he's, on him he's yeah. going to have like Jimmy Olsen syndrome he's just going to yeah. need it he's yeah gonna it's going it. to come up <laughs> Rick Jones Mr. Action yeah um, but yeah he's not in this movie <laughs> no he's not he's not in any of the movies he's not he's not on the TV show right yeah for a professional Marvel sidekick he has not appeared in a- oh he's been in the cartoon I would Both like to see um I would like to see a like a cool like in quotations like super cool Rick Jones, you know, teen heartthrob yeah. guy um uh-huh. interact with like nerdy Peter Parker in the MCU. Oh, <laughs> I would yeah. have a lot of fun with that. Uh he was like the worst in that uh the 80s Hulk cartoon I watched growing up cuz he they turned him into like a cowboy <laughs> and gave him Rick long Jones, blonde the cowboy? hair. He had a cowboy hat and he had long blonde hair. And of course, oh, back wow. then, nobody changed outfits because like too much budget, you know? Yeah. So so Bruce Banner always had the same brown suit. And he's always wearing like an orange shirt with like <laughs> yeah. cowboy boots. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. And a long blonde hair. Oh, wow. It's like that's what they thought hip was in the 80s, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I know how I should have been dressing in the 80s. Yeah, dang. All oh, right. We messed up. <laughs> but uh yeah it's kind of crazy no rick jones and no real snapper car representation either so like both those guys just live in comics i guess and I the guess. snapper car who was in supergirl was not snapper car no because he didn't he didn't snap right <laughs> he didn't say no. daddy even once <laughs> nor did he turn into a a super villain for you know to get revenge mm. on <laughs> I like how they have like less tolerance for Snapper Car in the DC universe. There's like something about his presence that doesn't like work <laughs> because I mean, there's already a Jimmy Olsen, first of all. And then like, secondly, and Jimmy Olsen, I'm going to say is like, a, well, I don't know. He's like a savvy character, right? He can like figure stuff out. But, mm-hmm. um, but like you have Snapper Car, who's kind of like adult, <laughs> like a little bit and just like in all of these accidents and things. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of think it's funny that like Rick Jones is so integral to Marvel Universe, whereas like in DC, they're kind of like, yeah, we don't know why he's like still here. <laughs> <laughs> he was so, just one kid who came over a few times. <laughs> Banna was heavily considered for Ghost Rider, just to tie it all together. What? <laughs> and and Johnny Depp and Steve Buscemi were considered for Bruce Banner for this movie. Oh, wow. Can you imagine Steve Buscemi as Bruce Banner? That'd be kind of Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I would. Yeah, that would kind of work, I think. Depp, get out of here. But like. I mean, Jennifer Connelly would totally be into Steve Buscemi. That's. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, (laughs) Edward Norton was interested in this because he liked the Hulk, but he read the script and thought, no, that's weird. (laughs) So apparently he liked the more straightforward The Incredible Hulk script later. Mm -hmm. And still is kind of mad about being in that movie, which is funny. He's always mad, though. I know. He's so I annoying. He hates everything. <laughs> he's one of those actors, you just know it's true, every bad rumor you've ever heard about him. Right. You're just like, yeah, I. that does sound like a that character like from him. Fight Club would do it. And so <laughs> this is what I view Edward Norton as for life, basically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, so the next one we're going to talk about is that one, though, right? Well, that, that, that was the question. Uh, we're going to leave it up to you. Do you want to, A... Skip Iron Man. Say no. And bring your Iron Man <laughs> thoughts to Iron Man 2. No. Or B, do Iron Man, in which be case we we'll do the Hulk after it. Be a winner. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 
So, all right, let me understand this correctly. So, okay. after this, we're go- it would be chronological MCU or whatever ish order, right? So, right, yeah, it would be this, and then Iron Man was the next one that came out. Is that correct? Iron, Iron Man was Iron the Man first one, first, and then Hulk. Then Hulk. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, what year did Iron Man come out? Two thousand eight. Also, they both did. Okay, but does that mean that we should do Ghost Rider first? <laughs> we can do Ghost Rider. I'm down with doing Ghost Rider if you want to. But you just um, came off that, so I don't know if you want to repeat yourself. Oh wow, yeah, but it's a it's a film that is rife with commentary. Oh, um, we could do both of them. We could do. Oh yeah, we could do an episode where we talk about both of the Ghost Riders. That would be even better because, uh, yeah, it would be different. It would then be very different than the episode that Essie and I just recorded. So. When did Ghost Rider come out? Let me see. I can grab that real fast. Two thousand seven for the first okay, one. Okay, so that I was don't right know. before all this MCU stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm. If we so, did it as like a double episode, like we you know, both of the movies. October is Halloween. Ghost. I was just gonna say, should we? <laughs> do this in three weeks and release it the next day for Halloween. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it that way. And then afterwards, we can do Iron Man, right? Okay. Sounds great. And kids, that's how podcasts are made. <laughs> We're going to do all the <laughs> MCU air. in a row, but not necessarily straight. We could, like, diverge here and there. Yeah, and we yeah. get tired of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I think we should do it all. I made a master list, and that includes TV, people. So we're going to have to work. <laughs> I was just scrolling through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Netflix the other day thinking, yeah, I still got to watch that some There's some good stuff in there. Yep. Yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a good TV. Okay. All right. Well, so. Like Ghost Rider. Um, Ghost Rider. <laughs> Yay. I've never, I've never seen it. So this will be new. Um, so that's going to be, if we can make it happen, you know, stuff happens, kids. But if we can make it happen three weeks from now, you'll have um, a regular episode on Friday the 30th and Ghost Rider on Saturday the 31st. Ooh. Yeah. And Ghost Rider 2. <laughs> yes. yes. Electric Boogaloo. Spirit of Vengeance, apparently. <laughs> oh, is that yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. So, t- usual question. Sarah, what is going on in your professional un- internet life that you can share with us? <laughs> I just wrote so, so many articles about Xena um, in the last like month and a half because September was the 25th anniversary of Xena. Uh, Aphrodite liked one of them. Was that right? Have I yeah. ever told you that, that back in the day I have gone to a Xena convention? So did I. I could have seen you there. And she was there. I remember what? that. What? Xena awesome. fans are cool. No. Yeah, like, Aphrodite was there, I mean. Oh, yeah. See, I, I saw her. Um, I didn't talk to her or anything, but I saw her at a Xena convention mm-hmm. one time and was yeah. just like very yeah. uh, shocked to be in a room with her. It was her, Callisto, Callista, Callisto, and Callisto, uh, Callisto and Joxer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Joxer, I remember, stayed hours after he was supposed to, just so we could all take a picture with him one at a time. Aww. He was the coolest dude ever. Yeah, that's so sweet. But, yeah, he's so terrible I like when they the do show, that. But... <laughs> oh, I know, but he's funny. Yeah, and also he's doing a he he's having a directorial debut uh, uh-huh. at the Telluride uh-huh. Horror Festival cool. this year. So. Just for anybody who's a big Ted Raimi fan out there. <laughs> but so yeah, where, I guess. Oh, yeah. Some of those Zine articles. Uh, so I did one for Bella Books. Uh, sorry, Bella Media, which is where SE does editing. And then um, most of them, of course, were at Sci Fi Fangirls. Yay. Mm-hmm. Fangirls. And you can still watch Xena for free on sci fi.com um, until 
oh no, never mind. That's over. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. We were like dialing a sci-fi sci-fi.com slash just kid. Oh, it didn't work. Oh no. Okay. Well, um, there is another episode on the feed. You should go listen to it. Um, and we'll be back again in a, in three weeks. So any last comments on Hulk, Sarah, Mike, John? It was just fine. <laughs> it was not great, but I enjoyed it more than I have before. But it's still not a good movie. <laughs> yep, Jennifer that... Connelly's eyebrows. And 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 lots of close-up Jennifer Connelly. She's moments. just so pretty. So that's worth just watching, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch it twice for that. Just objectify Jennifer Connelly. That's all you that's <laughs> that's how you get through it. But politely. 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 Put her on a pedestal, I mean, but you know, just make it all about her face. That's it. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.